the movie suggests that Negroes vote for in the coming election? I wouldn't suggest that they vote for any party or either party. Uh, I would suggest that the so-called Negroes become politically mature, realize the power that they hold uh, in the field of politics, and then uh, once the person who is running is aware that this man is awakened to the power that he holds, then that person who is running will approach that Negro on a more intelligent plane. As it is right now, most of the Negro leaders sell out to the political, to the white politicians for crumbs. And uh, an awakening, a political awakening among Negroes will make it impossible for the present uh, Negro leaders to sell our people out as they've been doing in the past. So you do think Negroes should vote? Negroes should do whatever is necessary to bring about a complete solution to their problem. If it, uh, when I say whatever is necessary, whatever is necessary. Welcome, welcome. This is Assembly King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you've just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me your ears today. It's gonna not, it's gonna be, you know, one that's not too long for you, just so you can get to the rest of your Monday. But uh thank y'all for listening. You know, I hope that you enjoyed my most previous episodes have done, you know, several different collaborative efforts that I've published on, you know, on the feed. I hope you've enjoyed those things. Shout out to Derek for bringing me on to the We The People podcast. Shout out to the ladies of the Black Esquire podcast, Michelle and Shelly, and also Patrice, who we actually, you know, interviewed on that episode. Um, and the most previous episode being with the Everything Must Go podcast great great conversation called white men must go you'll see on their feed uh you know because you definitely should go follow those guys and follow everyone else i've mentioned before uh race is racial illusion same episode different name that's all but uh great conversation and one that's so timeless and timely now that's my secret that is my secret of formatting when it comes to creating episodes, creating content, I always think about, is this something that matters right now? Or, you know, is this something that is going to matter forever? You know, this is just going to always be a thing. You can listen to this any time. That's kind of how I go about it. And um, that episode is definitely one where it's kind of both. Uh, talking about white men and whiteness and, you know, white allyship and, you know, just people actually understanding and waking up to whatever the hell they believe whiteness to be and what it I feel like what it really is now of course my opinion we can debate about it but let's you go check that one out you can come back you know and check me on on what you feel like I maybe missed or didn't say or want some more you know perspective on um but today today is a special one I would be remiss and also a very terrible person in media if I did not speak on especially when i'm putting this out the monday before a very very um interesting and uh i think in a weird way very um a, i don't know exciting and sensational i can use so many words um this is this can decide the fate of the country type of midterm election 
um, midterm. I've never really heard this much about midterm elections within the news or in any way, shape, or form in my life. I've never, and I, you know, of course, since the uh, since the 2016 election, there definitely has been <laughs> whispers and 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 wailing of this election being the thing that can possibly save us in this time of you know of the Trump years. But I wanted to bring out a specific thing to everyone who is listening to this um, and just kind of, you know, point out some things that I see. Um, First, I named this episode Confliction. And it's because that uh, something I recognized quite some time ago is that living in America is essentially living within a conflicted society. Now, I'm big on definitions, big on semantics, and I believe that we should state these things and put purpose to these words. Confliction, according to the definition of that I Googled, it says that to come into collision or disagreement, be contradictory, at variance or in opposition, clash. Second definition meaning to fight or contend do battle our election now and I think our election since the beginning of the system being created has always been a very interesting exercise and example of confliction two to three to four parties or ideologies battling themselves out I say that many because it's really pretty much not always has been kind of People have chosen a side, but they've always represented themselves in more than just one way, because that's how people are. People who say they're Republicans, but they're kind of leaning. You have the people who are Democratic, but they're kind of leaning too, and they've voted, you know, for a lot of Democratic things. And politicians are very strange creatures, extremely strange creatures. But this election uh, has the opportunity to do so much with. So many, so many women being, you know, at the forefront of these uh, of this movement of pushing and putting, trying to essentially put women and women and women of color specifically in places of power within political position. Um, one one by the name of Stacey Abrams is causing up so much, so much press and so much attention within the state of Georgia as possibly she may be the very first black female governor in history. Really pretty, really getting tired of hearing first of anything. Honestly, I think, you know, we are so, so past that. But yet here we are. And I believe, I genuinely believe, and I genuinely will be all the way the hell upset if she does not win. They're pulling out every stop. If this was a game of spades, we played every single we've had. We got the best hand that we are trying to play. We're played the we've played the ace of spades being Michael B. Jordan knocking on doors, surprising these black women in Georgia. We played the little joker being the previous black first black president endorsing her as well as having a speech at Morehouse 
we're hosted, you know, hosted at Morehouse, um, speaking to all these people, campaigning for her. And we've even played the big joker. The big joker being the big O. You know, Mrs. Winfrey. We don't pull out Oprah Winfrey for everything. We had to pull out Oprah for Obama. That's how serious it is. That's how that's how much history we need to be made. She don't come out unless she know history is coming. She's too she's she's a walking icon, legend, all those things. Literally every time she breathes, she's making history. So she had she does not get out of bed to not make history. You understand? So Oprah wants this to happen just like so many of us. And she deserves it. Stacey Abrams Stacey Abrams has a not only a very interesting track record but since her time at Spelman College she has always 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 been an advocate and activist and a person who's speaking truth to power but she had her opponent Brian Kemp Brian Kemp whatever his name is is essentially you know a dick a dick in the right of you know he literally is just blatantly cheating out front in front of everybody we talking about standing up walking around with the professor just getting the best answers from everybody in the room type shit like this is like the worst type of the worst but because there's no precedence there's no laws there's no nothing in the books that says that this is wrong or illegal or against any type of jurisdiction or whatever it's kind of like happening so he's able to purge votes he's able to implement you know, he's able to implement new voting, you know, laws and legislation literally in the midst of these different things with exact match. And in the midst of that, also accuse, you know, his opponent, Stacy, of, you know, essentially trying to juice up the numbers. But that's. Whew. But, you know, white people be white and I'm not surprised. And, you know. And no one wants to give up a seat. They don't care about making history. They don't care about, and they for damn sure don't want to make history in a place like Georgia. It's a place that's been red for so long. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But we're going we gonna to go ahead and, you know, believe, 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 and have hope that people are going to come out. Now, just for a little bit of, you know, the Georgia, Florida, and Texas there, um, along with Georgia and Florida's guber- gubernatorial race, as well as uh, a Senate race within Texas, has been extremely televised, extremely controversial. Got a little matcha tea going over here, y'all. And it's been pretty interesting to watch. Um, within Florida, we have rick santos or san santor or something like that i can't i I'm, I'm i'm biased over here so you understand where i'm coming from um and uh andrew gillum who you know essentially is yet again another historical could be another history making election being that he would be the first african-american uh governor of florida Another state that's, you know, usually always red. Um, and within Texas, you have Beto O'Rourke, who essentially flipped a very big, very, um, very big and very powerful 
Texas sent his seat to blue. What the current polls are saying to me, from what I'm reading, I got these numbers from real, uh, realclearpolitics.com. Um, and I have essentially Gillum. Gillum is Gillum. Gillum is winning essentially by one. This is as of today. Gillum is winning by one. I guess one point in the polls. 48 to 47. Kemp is winning 12 points, 52 to 40 over Stacey Abrams. And Cruz is winning 50 plus three, uh, 50 to 47 within the Texas Senate rate. Now, let's I'm kind of good. I'm ready to get into, you know, the meat and the bones of this whole conflicted America idea that I presented at the beginning of the episode. Now, when I say that, what I mean is that no matter what you say, you can confliction as a blank within America. That is literally you could put anything there and I'll go down my list of things and show you what I mean. Essentially, you know, intersectionality is something that has been shown to be very present within the society we live in. But because intersectionality exists within our society, as we know, with every intersection, no matter what city, town, um, shack or dirt road, there will be collisions. And as I said, what what was the definition of confliction again to come into collision or disagreement? Race. Let's start off with the, the, the juiciest one. Race. Confliction as a African-American. Confliction as a European-American or white American. If you that's how you want to say it. Confliction as an Asian-American. All these different things. There are To speak candidly about African-Americans, we are steaming with a laundry list of conflictions. We're talking about we live in a country that we should be willingly participating into all these different things. Should we willingly very calm about the things that are occurring in the world, but yet we get visible, visceral, damaging things that are occurring on a regular basis. Every Halloween, we have to talk about blackface. Every single Halloween, we have to talk about blackface. Every, there literally are groups within America who were founded on the annihilation and white supremacy, the annihilation of african-americans and white supremacy african-americans have the confliction of being proud americans over everything it's literally a the, the african-american is literally a conflictive phrase within itself because we didn't choose to be here we didn't go through the situation that so many you know individuals who are trying to come here Hence the 
the caravan that, you know, has frightened so many Republicans in right wing media. But we were brought here and for the, you know, my brothers and sisters who came here for, you know, opportunity. Shout out to y'all. A lot of them were never brought to this side of the country. And the ones who came from the motherland, they just, they're trying to get this. They're trying to get, trying to get more out of life, which I get it. But the sad part about it is they're all going to be lumped up right along with people just like me, with ancestors just like mine. That's just African-Americans. They're not going to designate them and get some special, some special cast of whether they're, they're immigrants. They're not, can't, can't put them all together. Lump us all together. We all look the same. We all look the same, obviously. But no matter where and who you are, you could be Asian American. Any minority group in this country, you can be Latinx American, specifically Mexican, and should want to be very proud to be a part of the process, very proud to be a part of the election process all these different things but it may sometimes literally go against your very survival you have individuals who've never even genuinely met an immigrant who are making decisions on people like yourself making decisions on family members that you have in this country and it's so in your your literal existence within this country is a political topic that you hear often to be Mexican-American is to be a conflicted American because you literally are one of the life forces of the nation. If African-Americans built this country, Mexican-Americans are literally holding the bitch up. That's really what it is. Mexican-Americans is that best friend at the club who always catches you and makes sure that you do not slip with them six inch heels on girl do not spill your drink on me this is where we are this is where we are and dare i say even white americans there is confliction yes there is as you may have heard me speak on my previous episode i speak on how we are living in a nation where white individuals, European immigrants, European Americans, people who come from European descent are essentially lumped up all into one. During times like this, especially during election time, anything political, no matter if you're a northern white, if you're a southern white, a, you know, a western white, it doesn't matter. You're all lumped up together. They don't separate you in these moments when you probably want to be separated. I know there's probably white women who are so pissed that that 53% voted for Trump because people are now even looking at y'all. Well, you know, a lot of people's looking at white women crazy, but people are certainly looking at white women very strange now. Like, why are you a part of the 53? Because that's a lot of people. It's a lot of individuals. But even white Americans, the confliction to quote unquote assimilate into whiteness is a confliction because now you have to take in all the baggage all the terrible branding all the fucked up history all the things that you really never had no parts in 
And also on top of that, to know that just several decades ago that your family probably could not stand people who were, quote unquote, the white American in that time, because that wasn't you. You were Italian, if you were Irish, Polish, whatever. Whoever your grandmother was, she probably did not like the white dude down the street because they were discriminating them, too. They were you guys were the minority as well. You were a part of the fold. Welcome. But you got out as soon as you get as soon as you could. And accepted the label of whiteness, conflicted America yet again. We can move on to gender. As I said before, you have white women who have historically, and I think they're the best example, historically have possibly benefited from race, but also with some confliction and with some resignation of their gender. With the suffragist movement and the feminist movement, and all the first wave coming in, it was kind of hard to push that so heavily when you are a part of the problem. Staying in the, staying in the slave master's house, doing your thing, and really not batting an eye and being all a part of the oppression. Shout out to everybody who broke, broke away, became abolitionists and did their thing. But there were most of y'all would do we're cool with, with the way society was and that's just what it was didn't really push back to the patriarchy and now we have the Me Too movement and all these different things that have kind of rejuvenated and revigorized you know kind of rejuvenated I guess white women and white feminism in a way that is good can be beneficial I do wish it was I do wish it wasn't so reactionary though obviously but there is this sense of confliction because being white gives you privilege. Being white gives you so many different things. But there is this confliction because you are a woman and, there, and women are getting shitted on. White women are probably getting shitted on the less on the on the least. This is an oppression Olympics. But that is the truth. And that is a valid truth. And that is fine. It's cool because the fact of the matter is because you are so close to the privilege that mean to the power, that means you have so much responsibility. You got to see it as that. You just have to. Black women. Black women. Not only are they conflicted Americans just for being African-American, but also they are conflicted because they are black women. So it's hard to even stand next to every other type of woman sometimes. Because the fact of the matter is we always are. That's how black women thinking about this. We are always coming. We always including y'all. We always inviting y'all. We always bring y'all into the fold. But we may not get that thing in return. And people don't forget that. We know. I know black women don't forget shit. Don't forget a damn thing. But yet. We kind of in that place. In that weird place. Of, you know, we just got to do what we got to do. But also it's this, you know, feeling of, you know, being for the black nuclear nucleus, nuclear family. Even when it seems like, you know, 
so many black men are for you publicly privately causing so much when it comes to domestic violence being the root of those things being the root of the oppression that you feel first and foremost before you even get out of the house conflicted american conflicted black woman you have the black man and so many minority groups i think kind of all can attest to this black and brown men specifically that you have to you're giving this sense of gender you have this male privilege but yet you still feel conflicted the race gets into the way you can't really align yourself and say that you can live the life and have all the things an American dream as a, as a white man can because mm, race holds you back conflicting American then we have transgender individuals who classify themselves as transgender living in America it's kind of hard to be very proud to be American when you literally have the president of the United States trying to redefine what you are it's so fucked up and the redefinition is genuinely off of fear misunderstanding and all out hate and this is the world we're living in so you expect for someone to be proud to be a part of the process to believe that the government is going to protect them before them create legislation for them when this is what you feel this is what you do and this is what groups of people have allowed to pass by and I get it it's all about the elected officials that you have in place but the world we live in, you it really makes you just be like, damn, this is what we just got to deal with. Conflicted American. You see Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner literally coming on to say, you know, I, I, thought that, I thought that he would be for us. Very misguided white person there. As so many of them who are seeing the light, I guess. <laughs> Even with religion. Where is confliction? You have so many people who are essentially, I think when it comes to this ide, kind of, I guess, ideology, that we have people who want to be conservative, want to do all these things, but are literally conflicted with the points of when they are the ones who need the more liberal, uh, <laughs> the more liberal legislation from, you know, rights on aid when it comes to mental health aid when it comes to drug abuse aid when it comes to all these things it creates confliction with you because you possibly nine times out of ten a lot of conservative voters and you know evangelicals vote very heavily against drug use vote heavily against abortion vote heavily against all these things until they are on their doorstep confliction because you would hate for her to keep that baby. You would hate for her to not get that help she needs for now being strung out for him not be for him not being able to get that assistance, get that governmental assistance. You would hate it. You would hate it. You would hate it. The Bible belt would be <laughs> the Bible belt would wouldn't even be a belt. It'd be a damn ankle bracelet how low it would get. That's how it is. 
even spicier. You can't be a proud American in these days where we are sitting here looking. If you are a Jewish American and things are occurring to people who believe and have share the faith that you have within Pittsburgh, RIP to everyone, to those 11 that were slain by a crazed shooter, crazed white shooter. And for the media to be using, for the media to be playing down the deaths of those individuals in their own selfish and very evil type of ways to win an election? Really? We doing it like that? Contorting and making these things something that they trying to make these things not what they are. Not accepting responsibility. Confliction. How can you be a proud American? How can you live in this country and want to stay here and be here and understand that you will be protected if people can do these things? Yes, they can be punished, but for the government that has some responsibility within to not even see themselves as any way, shape or form, have any parts to do with it. This is a very directed thing. That was him. And also play it down to say, we don't know why he did that. You can be a Muslim and immediately, immediately have a million different connotations placed on you. And who the hell want to deal with that? Nobody want to deal with that shit. Nobody wants to deal with that shit whatsoever. Who would care to deal with that? And then I think lastly would be ideologies. Ideologies is probably one of the most conflicting things within this nation that we live in. You're pro-choice. You're pro-abortion. Pro-choice, pro-life. You are, you believe in, you know, gay rights. You don't believe in gay rights. You believe in, you know, so many, you believe in, you know, tighter immigration laws you believe in gun control you don't believe in gun control you believe that the border needs new laws you believe that they don't you believe in legalizing weed you believe that we should strengthen the laws on those types of substances you believe that we should still crack down on drugs within black neighborhoods but you also believe that we need to assist people in the opioid crisis. Ideologies, ideologies. And ideologies is what probably splits us the most. It splits us in half and halves and halves and halves. I've seen, you know, so many different different clips and things um, recently just, to, you know, on Vice News and various outlets talking to people who, you know, literally are in a room who may all believe in a certain thing. And America's in a really weird place. So many things have occurred and so many things have transpired, you know, from freak accidents to all these things that have genuinely made people who have probably, you know, in most times been setting their ways come to a change. NRA members breaking their guns. Seeing another side of the situation, seeing now that, you know what, damn, do we need an AR-15? Do we really need that? Is that a little too much? And if anything, it's only invigorated the other side to see the people who are pro guns to see it as this is even more of a reason why we need it. 
gaslighting the situation to be like, why do you even want to take my guns? Ideology is something that's so crazy because we genuinely just want people to just say and believe that black lives matter. But yet, that phrase is so, quote unquote, divisive to so many people and splits us up create size we draw you know a line in a, a line in the sand to say that you know well what about all lives what about this what about that why does it why do you have to say it that way because that's what it is it's nothing else it's hard for people but we have to be optimistic even when it, come, when it comes to all these different things, we have to be optimistic. So what is the resolution, Rodney? What is the resolution, King? Because you got to come with something. You've laid out a whole lot of sad-ass shit. What do you say it is? My resolution is you must lead with our moral compass. Allow for honest, allow for ourselves to, you know, to gather honest information. And that guides our decisions. And also check our biases. With these conflictions, with all these things, we with these all these intersections that come with us, we have to be able to check our biases. We are man, we have to understand that, you know what, my opinions on, you know, women and their bodies, I'm genuinely I'm I should maybe check myself out of this conversation. I may I maybe should not have an opinion on this thing and I probably should even fight for other men to kind of sit this one out. It's a good example. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you not involved. It doesn't make it seem like you don't care, but it's also understanding and being aware enough that this isn't a battle I really have to use no energy on. Really isn't. We, I believe I think we make it our business and we got to stop making shit our business is it the is it the best thing is it the right thing is this specific thing ain't got shit to do with us so I, I think we when I say you know allow your moral compass to lead you yes please good and evil sad part about it is the conflicted part about all of us is that we have different definitions of those things you have people who believe that this person who is our current president is a good thing. Good individual. Good. He's good. I believe him. I trust anything he says. You have people who believe who our previous president was evil. So I know you're saying, Rodney, how is that a solution? What must happen is we have to present facts. Facts will certainly facts, the truth and all these things will certainly prevail. The truth will set us free. And we have to call people out on when the truth isn't presented. And we have to create a paradigm where people genuinely are getting the right information, share the right information, challenge people, create those conversations in the base with people that you care about so that they are informed. Because that's what really all we can do we live in a conflict in America and it ha it takes way more than just us hoping 
that things are going to get better. We have to act to make things better. That's really where we are. And for and for for the rest of the time, I believe that we'll be good. Tomorrow is going to be an interesting day. It's going to be a trip. I'm talking about a whole ass trip. We don't know what it's going to really come from it. But all I do know is, is that we can not see this as the end of the world. We can't. Just can't. Because it's not only it probably isn't the end of the world, but uh, we have to see it as we got to fight. You got to fight this. So get out, get out, get out and vote. Anyone who's hearing this, please share this and let it be known. So get out and vote. Tell everyone that you know to get the hell out and vote. We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. Let your voices be heard. And the thing about that is, is when I'm saying get out and vote, I'm telling you to vote for the right side of history. That's just what I'm saying. So if every if what people are presenting are things that are not going to harm somebody else, that is who you vote for. I am being that direct with you. If there's someone losing in this situation, then that is not a policy that you should should genuinely support. It's that simple. Go with that and vote whichever way you're going to go with it. But if somebody is losing in the situation, that's not a policy we need. If it isn't literally building, constructing anything better for this country, what's the point of voting for it? That's all I'm saying. That's just me, though. That's just me. But I'm taking your time too long and way longer than I expected. Um, if you don't know, now you know. You can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available from SoundCloud to to uh, Google Play to Apple Podcasts to the Stitcher uh, radio app. Every single place. Except for Spotify, but that may change in the matter of days. Um, I appreciate y'all. Coming up, I have a partnership with XOTV that uh, I plan to put out more information on. So keep locked. Make sure you follow me everywhere on social media at Kings underscore memoirs for my personal page and on IG, Simply King Pod page, as well as the Simply King podcast page on Facebook to keep the conversation going. Hit me up if you want to be a part of um this this podcast it's nine there's you know only about eight more weeks left in the year uh eight more uh mondays left in the year so we put out episodes every monday to give you something coming on this is episode 92 92 so we are <laughs> we about to hit a milestone and i'm glad you're here with me to hit this damn milestone real talk but Keep on listening. Keep on watching. This is a soulfully conscious podcast for humans, simply being humans. Love y'all. This is Rodney Perry. This is Simply King. And squeeze me.